This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. Like, as a teeny tiny little potato baby, I really enjoyed, like, I, I loved making up songs. I would, like, make up little skits. Every story has already been written by Shakespeare. I think almost everyone in my family, except for my parents at the time, were saying, you know, the moment she steps foot in L.A., she's not coming back. Each week, we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality. Basically, things where it's like, hey, parents, you don't want to talk to your kids? Slap this shit on, but you should also watch. (laughs) Chelsea, why are you sending me pictures right now? So come join us. It's going to be fun. Hello, everybody. I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And you're listening to Hashtag Life Goals. Hashtag Life Goals. All right. It's getting better. It's getting better. We're learning. We're getting We're used to this social distancing thing. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I did, Amy came in so suddenly. I was biting on my English muffin for breakfast. I was like, okay, got to gulp. I got to, hi, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. What can you, what can, okay, never mind. Pushing forward. So hope everybody is staying safe, staying healthy during this crazy time as it is. In California, right now, the uh, stay-at-home order is extended to the end of April, which is understandable. It's still scary, but and it's schools for the have been canceled till you know the end of the school year, so through the end of yeah. May, uh, we are actually probably looking at stay-at-home orders that continue all the way through the end of May um, at yes, this stage, possibly. But what a perfect time for us to do hashtag dream project. Lots of you (laughs) have extra time right now. You're hanging out at home. I'm sure you've Mm -hmm. got a million ideas of things that you would love to do one day if you have the time. And today is the day to talk about it. Exactly. Now you have the time to do it. That's right. (laughs) So do it. Exactly. All right. Before we get in, Amy, check in. How are you doing? I'm exhausted. I had to pull an all-nighter last night, and I am too old for this shit. Fuck, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh, a little <laughs> short tempered today. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm tired. And the worst part is, is I had to pull an all nighter and I still didn't make my deadline. Mm. So yeah, it's never fun. <laughs> it's never fun. But progressing forward, progressing, progressing forward. forward. And you yes. had a birthday this week, right, Chelsea? Yes, I did. My birthday was the 7th, so that was an interesting experience to have a birthday during this crazy time. I just used it as an excuse to probably, like, carb load it up and uh, (laughs) (laughs) just eat all the bad things. I was trying to fit in a McDonald's breakfast, but I missed the deadline because now, because of COVID-19, they cut off breakfast at 1030, which is what they used to do back in the day. Did you do do what I suggested and do a uh, movie marathon? of birthday-themed movies, like 16 Candles? I did not, actually. No. I actually, what I ended up doing was um, I did have a training session with my trainer, even though it got caught short because of the rain. But I ended up getting my birthday punches in. Let me explain. At my boxing gym where I go to, when it's your birthday, everybody gives you birthday punches because it's tradition. So because it was my birthday, my trainer was nice enough to give me birthday punches as I held a medicine ball up to my stomach. So that way we were still acknowledging, you know, the social distance 
distancing and no contact. Right. Then I went and I had my in and out and then I came home. I bought myself from Pizza Hut a heart-shaped pizza, which I never had before, but it was just like, why not? And I had a lot of uh, sweets, kind of, and then I ended up uh, breaking into a puzzle that I think I finished that night and I watched, and, and I ironically watched The Mummy, the 1997 version with Rachel, whatever her name is, and Brendan Fraser. Because I've been seeing clips on it on YouTube recently. It was recommended to me. It was like, huh, I want to watch that. So I did. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then also, side note, um, you, you obviously can't see, but uh, my hair is a different color now. I changed it. I don't even know Again? if I told you guys that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so you just I went to gray recently. But it recently faded, like, really, really quickly. Okay. Like really, really quickly. So it was, it did not stay very long. And to keep it up during the time when we could go outside, it was going to be expensive. Okay. So what color is it now? It is now blue. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So now we're truly opposite colors, Amy. You're fiery red and I'm cool, calm, collective blue. So is that, I take it it's a pastel blue? <laughs> it's not actually, it's a deep blue. Oh, but I wouldn't call that cool and calm. I would call that electric. Oh, electric blue. I like it. (laughs) I always wanted to dye my hair blue, but my hair does not take well to blue hair dye. I did try it once like two years ago. And Mm -hmm. um, unless I bleach my hair first, which I'm not going to do because I'm a redhead, um, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, my hair does not take well to blue. The blue or the greens. Uh, Purple, pinks. Likes those, uh, does not mm-hmm. like blue. Yeah. Well, the, the blue that I got, it's from a company called Overtone. You probably have seen it on Instagram, social media. It's basically deep coloring treatment that you put on top of your hair. Right. Uh, I used without, to use like, something similar. I use Joyco, mm-hmm. which is a salon grade uh, semi-permanent. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. jump into the research. Yeah, let's jump into the research. So I was in charge of the research. And what you know, when you research Dream Project on Google, you get things like Dream Project, helping volunteer and building stuff. Dream Project, this dance company. Dream Project, doing this and that. So so basically, when I researched Dream Project on Google, it brought up a lot of companies named Dream Project that weren't at all related to this episode whatsoever. But I did end up finding an interesting article. Uh, It was written back in September 2018, but the title of it was Achieving Your Dream, Mapping the Journey to Success. And it was by this by by Gavin Haining, a PhD, you know, doctoral degree. And he was talking about these steps to mapping your journey to success. Specify your goal. Having a successful career isn't specific enough. Think precisely about what you want to accomplish. Defining the goal specifically makes it easier to create the map. Very topical on hashtag life goals. (laughs) It is indeed, right? Wonder what's your why. To help persist on your journey, you need to know your why. Why are you following this dream? Understanding your why will provide the ongoing motivation and commitment needed to achieve your dream. Envision your destination. Athletes often talk about visualizing their sport as a way to get into the zone. 
they see themselves hitting the ball, shooting a goal, or diving into the pool below. A similar process is helpful here. This vision is your destination postcard. Once you have that image, you can then strategize how to get to your destiny. I don't know if I would call it destination postcard, but that could just be me and I don't know, I think that's that an adorable way to describe um, pre-visualization. Create your roadmap. For any trip, the roadmap is critical to getting to your destination. Goal setting is no different. There are usually multiple routes to the same location, but what each offers varies. Your roadmap is your action plan, the list of strategies you need to implement to achieve your goal. Create accountability measures. To achieve our goals, we need to find ways to hold ourselves accountable. Perhaps an accountability buddy will work best. Another approach is to track progress and milestones. Like one would monitor distance, time, and gas mileage when traveling. Accountability measures will vary by goal and personality. Find the one that will work for you. I mean, we do that with each other, with our projects, I would like to say. Accountability is so important. You have to find a way to hold yourself accountable. Otherwise, things just go the way of the dodo bird. You end up with all these partial projects never fulfilled of surrounding you. Exactly, exactly. Such as I've been recently doing a daily quarantine challenge series and the way that I hold myself accountable is to make it a post or make it a video so that way I actually do it, progress forward, and I'm learning editing and other things in the process. Keep your eye on the prize. Bumps in the road will arise. Detours happen. Motivation wanes. Keeping your eye on the prize or the end result can help keep enthusiasm growing. Keeping your eye on the prize helps you stay on the path to success. Yes, it is very motivating at times when you think about and you daydream and just like, ah, one day, one day it shall happen. Oh, it becomes (laughs) less motivating for me because then I start going like, when is that one day? And then I start doing age math and then I start freaking the fuck out. That That's me. Uh, that's me like 50% of the time when I do that. I'm trying to say, I'm trying to be the positive poly in this moment. Well, but I'm I know 35. That I definitely... So for the last five years, I've felt that biological clock stomping no. its feet. Yeah. And I'm going to be feeling it too. I'm not far behind you. So yeah, but you're not sure if you want kids. Okay, that's a completely different topic. We're moving forward. <laughs> moving forward. And then finally, reward yourself. Positive rewards are more effective for behavior change than punishment. Despite knowing this, we don't do a lot of rewarding in our personal or professional lives. Little rewards on the journey to fulfilling a goal will lead to a higher success rate. Similar to accountability, Different people are inspired by different rewards. Think about what rewards will work for you and place them along your path. Along with accountability measures, rewards form a two-pronged motivational tool. What are some rewards that motivate you, Amy? I'm not very reward-driven. I was about to say, yeah, you're not. I'm super not. I'm super not, like... The job I'm doing right now, I've been told I'll get a bonus if I do A, B, or C. 
But for me, it's like, uh-huh. well, I was going to work my hardest to do that job because that's what you hired me to do anyway. And so mm-hmm. actually, anytime he talks about the bonus and how much money I can make, it actually makes me uncomfortable mm. because then it makes me feel like if I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make that. Like, it makes me feel greedy instead of yes. just intent on doing the best job I can. So. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, I understand that, that I feel similarly, I think in terms of, um, I think when there's, um, either events or certain opportunities that come about, sometimes I feel guilty in terms of, you know, being selfish, be like, let me do it. Me, me, me. And like wanting to take that chance because then I feel uncomfortable in terms of like, well, I don't know if I deserve this. I don't know if I'm. Yeah, it's, it's just, tied into self-worth a little bit. Now, I will say a yeah. reward that used to work great for me, and now that I do not have that reward, I don't know what to do with myself, is yeah. I used to deep clean my house every two weeks, like move all oh. the furniture and sweep and mop. And the reward mm-hmm. was like after I'd finish a task or finish a section of the floor, um, I could take another shot and drink another beer. And now that I don't ah. drink... Um, I have become kind of a lazy cleaner. I cannot seem to get myself <laughs> back to that place. But hey, you're on a better path now. That's true. Which is great. So we just, just have to deal with more dust bunnies. Yes. Or like switch it up with the terms of like, because you love cooking. So maybe tie your reward to cookie in one way, shape or form. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm just I mean, so I'm, at some point I will end up just buckling down and doing it because I have to. Uh, and I think that's going to end up being motherhood for me. Yeah, I can see that for sure for you too. And that just depends on the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As So yeah, that's basically the main article. Other articles I found were very similar, you know, saying dream it, believe it, you know, proceed through it, tell it, plan it, like some cheesy stuff like that. But it's like, we get Manifest. it. We get that you need to do that. Yes, exactly. We get all that. But basically that main article that I found, I thought was very um, inform- educational. Yeah. And uh, informative in terms of a actual path to go to instead of the cheesy, like, I believe I can fly or I things mean, like that. Even it, those. <laughs> it also like really kind of falls in line with the philosophy of our show. Like how yeah. how we focus in on what our goals are so we can better achieve them. Yes, exactly. And I know that our guest has done a lot to achieve her goals. She Amy, has. Do you want to introduce her? I would love to introduce her. All right. You're taking the reins now. Okay. So our guest today is an actress, a podcaster, a creator. Our guest is Miss Croy Provence. Hi. Hello. How are you? So nice to meet you, even though we can't be in person right now. (laughs) Nice to meet your voice, your mouth voice. Yes, exactly. Your mouth voice. I like that. (laughs) So Crowley and I met on a film shoot back in December. Um, So we spent three and a half weeks together filming. And she also had me on her podcast in February. Podcast. Will you tell us a little bit about your podcast, Bray? I would love to. My podcast is called Snatch 22 Podcast. It is a podcast in which me and my best friend, who is also a female comedian, read and discuss 
poorly written erotica. It is so much fun. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> like we just, um, oh, this will tie in in a second, but we just finished up a three part one called Zodiac Gangbang, which is great because <laughs> when you just told me that it was your birthday, I realized that we have oh, a no. Leo, a Sagittarius and an Aries. So all three fire signs. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yes. Corey yes. is uh, very yes. into star signs and um, what okay, your birthday great. means for you. And uh, mm -hmm. she will do your whole birth chart. Yes, I oh, will. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll have a discussion about it after the podcast, Croy. I would love to know your input. <laughs> oh boy, buckle up. <laughs> All right, so Croy, you're an actress, you're a podcaster, you are a creator, and obviously you're a comedian because of how hilarious you are right now. Just how has this all gotten to where you are today? Just back to when you can think of when did you know these are the things I wanted to do? Or was it just simply one that evolved into another? Well, I mean, as like, as a teeny tiny little potato baby, I really enjoyed, like, I, I loved making up songs. I would like make up little skits and sketches and stuff with my sister when I was like a baby, like five years old, like everybody sit down and watch me. I'm so fucking funny. I don't know if I'll let it cuss on here, but um, you can cuss. Yeah. Oh. Have you heard me say fuck? Hallelujah. <laughs> But then uh, this sounds so insane, especially because of the devastation that happened to it last year. But when I was eight years old, my mom made the very poor mistake of giving me Cats the Musical on VHS. And I watched it, I watched it one or two times a day for, I got to say, half a year to a year straight. And the first time would be my rehearsal. I'd watch it and practice all the songs and all the dances and all the lines for every single cat. I would also hide behind the couch when the bad guy came on because, whoa, he was a lot. But then I, I'd get to my family or my friends be like, okay, sit down. It's time to perform. And just make them watch me be all of the cats. Um, That's adorable. I love that. So that was like, I was like, I want to dance. I want to sing. I want to perform. Because it makes, in my little kid head, I was like, well, this makes me happy. And I get to like share a story and I get to share an experience. And I don't know. It's just something that I've always gotten lost in. And then the content creation mm -hmm. really came because in college, um, the I was a BA theater student and the BAs mm -hmm. were totally shit on. The BFAs were handed roles, but the BAs, they're like, fuck you, kid, go find something somewhere else. So <laughs> you had to start writing your own stuff. You had to, you know, figure it out in other ways. So I guess I'm kind of a catalyst. Yeah, you really do. And thank God they were so dismissive of their perfectly capable BA students because we're all the ones who are out here hustling we learned how to get rejected you know we learned how to write our own stuff and the kids who are handed roles don't know how to take no for an answer and pretty much quit so strangely enough i'd say the school system being like was very helpful as well well i mean you know 90 percent of acting is rejection um you say 90 percent. i say 99.9 percent that's probably more <laughs> accurate i mean when i was yeah. a child i did my first theater production when i was six and I came home about halfway through the rehearsals for this show. I came home and I said to my parents, I said, this is what I want to do with my life. And they said, Aww. okay. And <laughs> after that point, no, they were super supportive. After that point, I was never not in a show, not in a theater class, not in a music class, not in a dance class. I was always doing all of those things to make my dream be possible. And one of the mm -hmm. things they instilled in me was that, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to deal with tons of rejection. 
you're going to have to have tough skin. And I feel like that prepared me not just for pursuing my acting career, but that prepared me for life in general. Well, good for them for supporting you, but also good for them for telling you the damn truth. Yes. They were very realist. Um, But they, they really thought these things through. We used to go to dinner once a week at, you know, a kind of fancy restaurant, like a black Angus, Uh, (laughs) which is not really that fancy, but to me it was as a kid. (laughs) We would go and the purpose of going was to teach me proper table manners and proper interview conversation and a proper dinner dinner conversation and interview skills. That's cute. That's really cute. If you go to dinner with a director to talk about a role, you need to be able to not embarrass yourself. And, you know, use the proper utensils and hold polite conversation and know how to answer their questions in a clear and concise manner. You're Sagittarius. That's not going to be hard. Right? (laughs) Um, I definitely really helped for once I got to, like, getting my first job as a teenager because every interview I went into, I was like, I got this. I already know how to interview. I've been interviewing (laughs) all my life. Every time I go to Red Lobster, I get interviewed. Exactly. Exactly. And the funny enough, I was such a little performer that there is an audio cassette somewhere of we had my dad's coworkers from his time when he was working in Australia. They were in the states Mm -hmm. because he had to come and work at the local office there for a little bit, and they came over for dinner. And I went around and I interviewed each of them. And then when wow. I ran out of people to interview because, you know, dinner, the dinner party was over and they all went home. I then interviewed, I had this chair that looked like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> interviewed my dinosaur chair. Oh, oh wow. Oh. That's cute. Adorable. I had a bit of a different experience as far as supportive parenting goes. I, mm-hmm. There was a really, really well-accredited high school in our area called Cypress Lake. That was, it had a literal second school next to it that was strictly for the arts. And they had a performance space there where like people, if you go to that school, you're going to nationals or whatever it's called, you get to compete, you're going to do the best. Like it was a really well-accredited school. And my mom Mm -hmm. knew I wanted to be an actor. She knew. And I asked her if I could audition for that school. And she was like, absolutely. But you're not allowed to do theater. I was like, why? Mm. She's like, well, because you're going to hate it. I was like, but I don't know anything about it. Like, I want to know more about it. And she just, like, refused. And then I got into this awesome university, which, you know, granted, it's London, so it was going to be expensive. And she's like, absolutely not. So there's just, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of foot putting down where I don't know if it was that she didn't believe, but she just definitely didn't see it as practical. And Mm. uh, the only reason I know Amy is because I've been in L.A. and we worked on that film together. But when I told my family that I wanted to move to Los Angeles, but I was nervous, all of them were like, don't, this is like embarrassing to the family. You're wasting your time. I can't believe you're still doing this shit. Like blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, I'm a very prideful creature. And um, yeah, <laughs> my family's saying all that. I was like, bye bye. Like I am packing my boxes right now and I am leaving and you will not stop me. <laughs> so it was a, a very different experience. But now that I think, you know, there's actually some wheels turning. I think that they're like, Oh, she's not a total ding dong. Like that's great. So <laughs> I have turned a little bit on that. You ding dong. hundred percent. Ding yeah. dong. Ding dong. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I, even though I'm not, I don't, I'm not an actress. I'm not pursuing in that field, but I did mm-hmm. do a lot of it 
in middle school, high school, all that time. And I loved being in musical theater. I loved being in the arts. And my dad, he is he has been in the entertainment business for a while. So he has understood, you know, not only that passion, but only that rejection. And so he has been the one along with my mom sometimes, but more my dad of being, you know, the hard truth of like, hey, this is what's this is only a fraction of what would happen in the real world if this were to happen and everything like that. And I remember he specifically went with me when I was going to college at Elon and I went with a tour with the director. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically the director saying, you know, if you apply for this program, you're not going to be able to do this, 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 this. You only focus on this and nothing else for the rest of your life. And wow. as someone that loves to do multiple things at once, that did back me off of me like, okay, I'm going to go into a different direction. And that's when I did more, when I did more like digital media and editing and that stuff. And I fell in love with the passion for that. I still like to perform and sing and act, but do I want to do as a profession? Most likely not. Cause I don't see myself creating that way. I now see myself creating more in terms of writing stories or editing videos for film and stuff like that. Like that's more of my passion to create it from like the ground up rather than just, you know, acting trial and error and that kind of thing. Obviously Mm -hmm. those that do it, I mean, you, Croy, Amy, fabulous applause, applause for you for handling rejection, all that fun stuff. It's still something I'm still working on, but I think I'm getting better day by day. Though what was really funny is that when, we did the Elon in LA, which was a study abroad program to go to Los Angeles for like the winter. Which time. I think is um, hilarious that they call it a study it abroad yeah. and it's within the continental United States. I yeah. know, exactly right. But I think almost everyone in my family, except for my parents at the time, were saying, you know, the moment she steps foot in LA, she's not coming back. And it turned out to be kind of the case because I went for the whole winter term. I ended up staying for an extra three months during the summer. So I was there for nine months out of the year because I got a part-time job working for uh, American Hustle from the company I was doing an internship with. So I did that. And then I, thank you. Then I went back to Elon. And of course, my dad, his quote was that as soon as you were in LA, when you came back for senior year in Elon, Elon was already in your rear view window. And you were heading, going to head to LA. So they knew as soon as I went to LA, I was going to be down there. And ironically enough, I came down here. My grandparents came down here. My cousin just came down here. She was over in San Francisco working in law. And now I'm also living with my brother and his best friend here in LA, even though they're in Connecticut right now for the whole pandemic. And eventually my parents are also talking about moving down here. So I'm slowly oh bringing everybody <laughs> over to the West Coast. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Croy, um, I thought you were going to be a perfect guest for hashtag dream project because it seems to me that you would not have your podcast if it wasn't a dream project can you tell us a little bit of how snatch 22 came to be (laughs) this is fascinating i'm very excited that the topic is like dreams today because i've been thinking a lot about like why do people pursue what they do i i side note i fucking love psychology and like the human mind and why people do what they do so this will be lots Mm -hmm. of little deep dives um but I've been thinking a lot about like dreams and purpose and why do we do yeah. what we do? Do we do it because we're scared? Do we do it because we want it? Do we even know what we want out of it? Like it's just been a really deep train of thought this last week and the last month, especially with all this downtime. But as yeah. for the podcast, it's like, I, I just came out to LA. I had just moved here and was with, <clears throat> I was with my best friend and one of our close mutual friends And we talked about just having a book club in general, like, yeah, we should read stuff and get together and hang out. 
And like, oh, well, what if we made a podcast out of it? Because, you know, basically out here, you're a millennial. You have to hustle until you bleed out and die because that's what people tell you. And I was like, okay, well, let's let's make a, a podcast. And it, it, everyone was like, yeah, 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 we're going to make a podcast. And then I wanted to read a book called Come for Bigfoot because I thought that was hilarious. And then it just ended up turning the course where it all we were going to read was weird sex stuff. Um, <laughs> so it, it mostly came to fruition just because we all found something that we found a mutual, a mutual interest in, whether some of us were thinking it was more fun than others. Um, but it was mostly just like, okay, this is how you get heard. This is something that we have control of that we can release regularly. It's comedic. It's engaging. It showcases like hosting abilities and comedic abilities and, you know, maybe we could get into conventions with it. Maybe we could adapt it into a show. Like, so it it was a very off-the-cuff idea that became more of a passion project, but started out as, like, you got to get seen. It's just the only way. It is the only way. Yeah, no, it's very true. You have to do what you can to be seen. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know how much Amy has said to you, but uh, I uh, this podcast was her idea, and I had never in my life thought, Oh yeah, me on a podcast. That sounds like a great thing. So I Chelsea just, hadn't I even like, listened to podcasts yet when I like, no, forced her into this. I, yeah, I exactly. neither. I feel you. <laughs> it was just kind of a left turn. I was like, okay, let's give it a try. And I surprisingly, this sounds so narcissistic, but I surprisingly love hearing myself talk with all these lovely people and with <laughs> Amy regarding all these different topics. It's just, I actually enjoy it. And it's also ironically a little bit of therapy for me because then I get to vent out. I get to get everything off my chest of what I'm going through and oh, also yeah. be able to talk things out and maybe solve things that I wouldn't be able to think of inside my head where all my demons are swirling around and constantly beating me down. Yes, I'm sounding very uh, <laughs> self-critical right now, but that's, no, that's true. That's me. Yes, yes. I seem so positive and cheery on the outside, but definitely inside there's a dark demon swirling within that's making me... <laughs> Girl, I'm going to find out what that moon is. I'm calling fucking Pisces <laughs> or Virgo right now. <laughs> we'll I definitely talk about mood. this later. I promise. I promise. Oh, I but yeah, this was something I never thought we would do, and we're still doing it. And yes, we're still very much in the beginning stages. We've only been doing this for about a year or so, mm-hmm. and um, obviously we've had changes here and there. But I mean, we're adapting, we're changing, and it's still a fun journey throughout the entire process. It really is, and being able to talk to all the all our amazing guests and amazing people. And to try and bring ourselves one step closer to our dreams outside of this. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. one dream project that Amy and I have is we are we have a short film that we want to work on together. But this time oh, nice. around, uh, I have normally been the writer-director. Uh, this time around, I would love to act in it. But because it's something personal to me, not because I want to be a famous movie star. It's a very deep personal topic. And I asked Amy a long time ago if she would direct it. And at the time, she was like, okay, maybe we'll think about it. And then later on, she's like, so when are we going to do this project? (laughs) I I had taken over ownership of it. I said I was definitely going to direct it. I don't direct very often. but No, she doesn't. For deeply personal stories, it is something I enjoy. I do enjoy directing. It's just not a goal for me career Mm -hmm. Mm wise. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I haven't directed since my senior thesis project, um, but I'm looking forward to directing Chelsea in our next <laughs> film. I'm sure that's going to be delayed just because of uh, yeah, oh, no way. Yeah. right now. 
and there's no reason to rush into it because we, we know yeah. even if we put it on the back burner, it's still going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it will happen one way, shape, or form. It just depends on, you know, the situation and when we could start, you know, building a crew and then also having a promo trailer that we're going to make and everything like that because there will be rentals and there will be stuff going on. So it's just, yeah, it's time. But definitely one thing I would love to ask for your input, Croy, is um, one of the things that I find myself um, preventing me from going for, like, my personal dreams is fear. I've realized a lot over the last year or so that fear has been delaying me and pushing me and like keeping me from actually going forward, whether it's fear I'm going to get too dived into a project and forget about everything else, fear that I'm going to lose my passion for it, fear that it's not going to be great. How often do you feel fear when you do any kind of project you're passionate about and what do you do personally to overcome it? Cause I would love tips regarding that. So I'm not so scared and I actually just bite the bullet and be like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. So this is interesting. I do, I do a lot of journaling. Um, and one of the things that I recently just touched on, I'm going to say like two days ago was perfectionism and how perfectionism mm-hmm. can literally stop you in your tracks because I only bring this up because the root of most people's perfectionism is fear. And mm-hmm. it is right. not, what is the quote? Perfectionism is not about being perfect. It is about feeling perfect. Yeah. And it's a fascinating, it's, it's a fascinating thing that roots back. It can be in like your childhood drama or some like experiences growing up and trying to throw yourself out there. But basically there's like weird things that are attached to your standards that were, shaped by like parental experiences or by experiences you had while trying to pursue something that you love and putting yourself out there. Because, you know, as a kid, you don't feel this shame. You're just like, I made a fucking macaroni picture. Check out. I'm the bomb diggity goddamn. Like I I was like writing weird songs and singing them and wearing like weird outfits where it's like a prom dress with a construction helmet and being like, yeah, I fucking made this. I'm amazing. And then somewhere along the line, you're like, oh God, I couldn't bear the idea of putting this out there. And it was a lot to realize that I, I, and a lot of people experience fear that stems from success, which isn't so much like there is the fear of judgment. I fear like, Oh, well it, it can like try us back to like abandonment and you'll A to Z it. Like you don't even hear it in your head. Will you be like, okay, well if I write this musical, then it's not funny and I show it to somebody as a rough draft. They're going to think I'm not funny and I'm not talented and they're never going to talk to me again. And then I'm abandoned. And it's just like a really weird train that can just like take you in, in strange direction. Whereas other people can be like, okay, if I get this movie role, like I had a really weird thing about the film that um, Amy and I worked on actually, where I was so stoked for it to happen but I couldn't believe that we were going to film it because I knew that I was going to be working with Tuesday night and Eric Roberts, both who have like a track record of like big films behind them. And I was like, Oh my God, if this goes well, and obviously, you know, I'm not of that caliber. And this movie, I don't think would be the thing to put me there, but I was like, what happened if I got famous? And all of a sudden I realized I was really scared of success. Cause I was like, I don't want to be in this public eye. I don't want to be judged. I don't want to have to change my life. Like, I don't want this responsibility. And I felt like I found myself getting really nervous about filming because it's like, oh, well, now it's no longer these little film festivals that are going to be watching me. It would be more people. And if I fucking suck on a global scale, then what? So it was like a weird fear of success that I guess also goes hand in hand with the fear of failure. But the only thing that I can really think to do is like if that stuff flares up, first and foremost, you 
gotta check in with yourself and know that the thing that you are pursuing, you've got to know why you're pursuing it. You have to make sure that you're actually doing it because you really want the outcome and because you enjoy it. Like money be damned. Unless your goal is to make money, money be damned. Which trickles back to like achievement versus fulfillment. Like, am I doing this because I love it or am I trying to like earn something? And you just, you, you learn to not confuse perfection with excellence and embrace that idea of like, okay, you know what? If I can start this thing, I can always edit it. Like your first draft, if you're writing, it might be shit. And that's fine because you can edit it after you let your friends see it. And if you do a performance, you know, you rehearse it a bunch so that you don't suck ass on stage. You suck in rehearsal. So I guess the only real thing I could say is like, was something that I'm struggling with and still trying to learn is like to try and feel like one little tiny thing a day. Because if you fail at tiny things and you get comfortable with like that vulnerability and you realize, oh, my world hasn't fallen apart. My friend hasn't abandoned me. My my job is still intact. I'm still talented. Like whatever. Then you will understand that failure is like the necessary stepping stone to becoming good. It's it's the only way. So you it really have to just you just have to go and be like, I got to put my pride aside and know that I'm going to suck for a little bit. And that's OK. That's how you learn. So you just mm-hmm. kind of put it aside and go, because the more you sit and think about something, you are not taking action and you will end up making a worse decision, in my opinion, because you're going to overthink it and try to make it too safe rather than doing what's honest to you. So long story short, yeah. I just fucking blindly bullet into things. And if I suck, I find out why and then don't do it again. Be like, oh, well, I sucked making this acting choice. Well, then, you know, mm-hmm. I won't do that again. Let me instead try this tactic or let me come yeah. at it this way. I mean, that was always the thing with auditions is knowing that importance of just making a choice and running with it. The, if you're, if you go in too cautious and you don't make a strong choice, they're not going to see anything that they want to see more of. You have to make a strong choice. And then if they want you to try it again, a different way, they'll tell you. But if you kind of meander around this, you know, not quite one way, not quite the other, you're not giving them something strong enough to pick out of. So it's that idea that like, instead of being scared about doing it right or doing it wrong, you just have to make a choice and Mm -hmm. A, live with that and then know that you don't have to make that choice again if it doesn't Mm -hmm. work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just trial by error. It is the literal only way to learn because something nice that my voice teacher told me, she's like, I need you to sound bad. So that way I can see why. She's like, if you're trying to protect yourself and seeing at your very best all the time, It might sound right, but it's coming from the wrong places because you're scared to sound bad. How am I ever going to know what to fix? Like, you've just got to suck, but be committing to Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Like, you just, you just gotta. And it's really scary and vulnerable, no matter what field you're in. Even if you're a fucking accountant and you're like, I got to put together this slideshow, but I really care about this slideshow for whatever (laughs) you can do for accounting. It's like, you just gotta, like, you're... Oh, fucking just Yoda. Do it. There is no try. There is only do. There's do only not. do. Yes. So you gotta fucking do <laughs> it. Like you just gotta. Exactly. It's very no, much I, easier yeah, said than you, done. Well, Croy. Yeah, exactly. What are some of your dream projects that you want to someday see come to fruition? Oh, you are not ready for this. Oh. <laughs> I am so Bring ready it. for Bring this. it. Bring it. I um. Again, been doing a lot of like journaling soul searching lately, trying to figure out, man, what do I really want? Like, what do I really want to be doing? 
uh, I have a few that float to surface. One of them, mm-hmm. I swear to God, if anyone takes this, if I find out any fucker listening to this took this, I'll find you myself. One of them <laughs> is a touring fringe festival musical called Swamp Daddy, a very Shrexy musical. <laughs> so that's one that's well, they already a- made Shrek the musical, so I mean, you could do a Swamp Daddy version. <laughs> oh, yeah. Swamp Daddy. So that's one. I am... Um, I'm actually in the middle of writing, I don't know if you've ever read Samantha Irby or Mindy Cowling's book, but they just, they're just these funny fucking women who have weird things that happen to them and have strange opinions. So they do essay collections and they're just Mm -hmm. fun. And I was like, I love these and I'm deeply engrossed by them. And I have some fucking weird life stories. Like my mom almost eloped with a biker named hot dog. I tried to roofie (laughs) myself in college because I thought I would learn what it felt like. Like just weird shit where you're like, whoa, boy, this should be in a fun book somewhere. And, like, I don't care yeah, if boy. it made a dollar. I just want to write it and put it out there and be like, here, maybe this will help somebody. Right. But I think my silliest, deepest, favoriteest weird idea is called Princess Glittertain's Fun Time Learning Time. And it's, like, a dark comedy adult kid <laughs> show that is, like, simultaneously educating kids and adults on stuff like HPV, putting on a condom, chauvinism, just, like, Shit oh that people goodness. basically things where it's like, hey, parents, you don't want to talk to your kids, slap this shit on, but you should also watch. <laughs> <laughs> you think you know, oh but my you don't God. know. Hey, you think you know, but you don't know. Okay, this is going to sound really weird, but sometimes when I'm confused about things that I like or I want or things like that, I will say it out loud and I will notice a really weird, like, reaction to my body. <laughs> like, it feels like a chill down my spine or something that just feels gross or bad if like it's something that I don't like me saying I want to be a writer <laughs> I can't even say it <laughs> I want to be a writer it just gives me like that well, it's and, and then when I say I am a writer I don't feel it mm-hmm. so that's kind of my body I guess telling me okay this is something you are supposed to do don't make it a want it is who you are just fucking do it. <laughs> well that's the nice thing too that's where like the differentiation between ego and personality comes in is like it's not even like you, you are somebody who writes it. This is mm-hmm. okay. Let me back up for a second. Cause it's going to sound like really weird out of nowhere. Um, no, go ahead. I've like, I, I love acting. I always love acting, but I, you know, I, during the, this time of like spelunking around in my own head, I realized recently I was like, Oh, I really don't appreciate the Hollywood games. I don't care if I'm rich. I absolutely don't want to be famous. So why am I pushing mm-hmm. so hard in this particular direction? I just want to audition yeah. for things that are fun and there's become mm-hmm. a weird identity thing of like, okay, well, if I'm no longer hardcore, steadfast pursuing the typical, like the idealized Hollywood film career, am I an actor? And it's like, mm. okay, I'm still an actor. Like everything that I love doing, I am those things. But you get so glued and married to this idea in your head of like, well, if I don't do that anymore, who am I? Or am I a failure? Or am I mm-hmm. judged? And it's like, you know, no, like you are somebody who acts. And if it makes it easier to say I'm an actor, then yeah, or just like you're saying, I'm a writer, then absolutely you're a writer. You're somebody who writes things. But it's it's like important to understand that that isn't your identity. Like you are you mm-hmm. who does this thing because it's so easy to get lost and to feel yeah. like, you know, if you wanted to do it as a passion and you tell, it's already hard enough in the arts anyway, because people are like, oh, you uh, actor, like, do you make any money? Like, no, I do, motherfucker. Like, no, exactly. But mm-hmm. is it's it can become like an interesting game of like self-identification 
it's like, okay, if I ever put that to the side and want to do something else, have I lost a part of myself? Have I failed? Have I given up? It's like, no, it's, I don't know, to be able to like distinctify and understand that you, you're capable of those things and you've Mm -hmm. either always been those things, you'll continue to be those things without having to like address it in that way. I'm not going to tell you how to speak, but like, I don't know. It's just been a really weird, very recent thing for, for me to also think about that. So I guess that's why I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, no, no, no. I really appreciate that because like uh, other things is just like, uh, like, uh, like I'm not someone that like watches all the movies that are happening all the time. I'm not up to date with everything. I don't watch the Hollywood, I don't read the Hollywood Reporter and everything like that. No. You're a better Uh, person for it. Yeah, thank you. And then when doing screenwriting at UCLA, I did it actually two times, one as a student and one as a TA. One of the things that the teacher recommended was like, don't read this stuff. Don't keep up to date because the moment that you read what's the hottest thing, it will already be passed by the time you try to write it. So mm-hmm. they actually are looking for people that are starting new things. So I'm like, okay, I'm not the typical like Hollywood writer. I probably won't be going down that route. Will I probably do more indie stuff? Maybe we'll see. That might be more my route, but I'm more someone that starts my own projects and my own ideas and then progressing forward. I'm not one that wants to always make Hollywood films. And another thing you mentioned earlier, success was very scary. Like I'm not someone that wants to be like completely well-known and like successful and like everybody knows my name. No, I just want to do something that I love. And if it pays, fuck yeah, I want to do it. So it's just, I'm still trying to figure all that out because I'm writing, directing, video editing, aerial yoga teacher, podcasting, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things going on in my head. It's just when to pick and choose those things because of the multitude of passions that I have. It's just, it's a mess sometimes and just have to figure that out. So now's the perfect time to do it. Now they're all quarantined inside. At the end of the day, as long as you are happy. You know, it's so funny, (laughs) Chelsea, that you said that they're like, hey, don't pay attention to, you know, what's hot, what's new. Because as a producer, it's the exact opposite for me. Like I have to have my finger on the pulse because- the only way that you can forecast trends is by being very aware of what is popular now, who is up and coming, um, who has untapped potential, where do we see this trend going? Yeah, no, it's very interesting that it's on like different opposite spectrums because they are always saying they want something new and different from what I've been told. Right. So then you create that new stuff so that way you become a part of the trend to get onto it. But if you try to be part of the trend, like early, early on, along with like thousands of other people, right. you might you'll not get it. noticed. You'll miss yeah, it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or you'll get well, lost the in the shuffle. The opposite. Now for me on that same line about talking about producing, uh, we have discussed here on the show how I have really kind of become honest with, you know, what one of my future goals is, which is I would like to become a showrunner for one mm-hmm. of the big paid subscription networks like Showtime or HBO. Mm. So mm-hmm. for me, one of my dream projects that I want to see come to fruition is I want to take my favorite book series and turn it into a scripted TV show on an HBO or a Showtime. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Yes. And the funny thing is, is even back when I was in film school, I, I got into a debate with two of my friends who were not in film school, but were fans of the book about mm-hmm. creating, turning it into a show. And they're like, oh, well, you couldn't start with books one, two, and three. You'd have to start with book books four, five, and six. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. I'm like, if you don't start with books one, two, and three, four, five, and six is not compelling. And mm-hmm. we would get into huge debates about how it could be done, if it could be done. And then now where I'm at, you know, almost 10 years later, 
And I realized not only can it be done, but it's going to be done. And it's going to be done by me. Yeah. Hell that's yeah. the Amy we know. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. There's a there's a series, there's a manga series that is probably not the most popular, but I love the story between two characters, especially in the situations they go through. That is a dream of mine to turn that manga into an adapted American TV series because I think it would do really well. It does a lot with hacking, you know, bad guys, some sort of like teen romance, uh, a mystery. Uh, of that course brother it has to do behind. with teens and bad guys because Every anime or manga is just teenagers fighting monsters. We had this discussion. No, no, no. It's not monsters. It's actual, like, hackers. So it's actually people, like, in the hacking business well, all nice about twist, technology and everything. Exactly. So, yeah. So I think it would be really cool, especially it would work for, like, Hulu or Netflix because it deals with hacking. It deals with kind of going behind enemy lines regarding finding secrets regarding latest technology in the real world. Mm-hmm. And I would probably set the characters uh, more, obviously, because of the age difference, it's, like, 16 and 20 for like the love interest i'd make her like more 18 and him like maybe like 23 so that way it's more legal but around kind of i just think that would be really really cool interesting relationship to go through because of the sacrifices that the male protagonist particularly makes for the female without her even realizing it i just i just think the relationship and the journey that they go through together is so amazing and i think it would be a really cool and interesting series to talk about because it shows the multitude of the different sides of a person that you don't really know until it's revealed and then what do you do with it yeah so i think so that's a that's a dream project of mine i could show send you the title and everything like that and you may get an idea of what i'm trying to create i only wrote i already wrote like four episodes like a long time ago like a long time ago i already wrote four episodes for this but i haven't touched it since because it's it needs to be updated definitely (laughs) i wrote it like five years ago so okay so we ready to move into hashtag hunt Yes, Ooh. I'm excited for what you have picked out, Amy. Because I, I, I predicted what it could be, but and you probably found something better. <laughs> I totally did. And it's so funny because what you and I assumed I was going to find a lot of, I did uh-huh. not. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I saw a little bit of that, but not even the ones I saw of it, most of them weren't even good enough to include in hashtag. Okay. So hashtag okay. is the part of the episode where we pulled together posts from social media using the hashtag of the episode. And we see what funny, interesting, heartwarming posts are out there about this topic. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. That's so very fun. the nice thing is, is because dream project is not that uncommon of a phrase. I didn't have to look far for for content. I was able to do this, you know, at 5 a.m. this morning when I finally called it quits. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't take very, <laughs> me very long at all. So here's what I found. Okay, here's a deep cut from the archives. I made this for fun about seven years ago and called mm-hmm. in some voice friends to help out. See if you can spot who's who. Hashtag Gates of Gotham. Hashtag Architects of the Future. Hashtag started with an explosion. Hashtag dream project. Someone <laughs> did an animated episode of Batman. Batman. Had his friends voicing over it. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Oh, my goodness. That's very fun indeed. I love that. What if, <laughs> hear me out now, there was a game that was literally just you picking your way through a mysterious library. 
Just tiny books that lead to tiny stages, all in front of a tiny fireplace bookended by tiny leather chairs. Hashtag dream project. That sounds adorable. <laughs> and like a oh, weird little kind of cute. like, like who tiny done it? But an escape room, a tiny, a tiny puzzle. Escape room. Oh my gosh. I'm missing escape rooms. I still want to do one. I continue. Ugh. We have the greenest black coffee for you at hashtag WCSOF in plastic-free edible cups. Get your piping hot coffee and come talk about your dream project with us at hashtag site ground. So this is a coffee shop that's obviously very eco-friendly. And they're like, come in. They're like, tell me your life story. I'm here. I'm ready. No, go home, motherfucker. Eat your coffee cup and tell me your story. Oh my eat god. Eat your coffee cup. Yeah, you drink and then you also eat the coffee cup. That's hilarious. Well, that is really fun, <laughs> but that guy needs to get thrown in a fire. Stay home. <laughs> <laughs> also to learn right. that from the age of five, girls start to develop limiting self-beliefs and doubt their full potential. We need to empower girls and show them the sky is the limit when it comes to their careers. Hashtag Mm. green project, hashtag see her fly at Virgin Atlantic. So it is about a program that Virgin Atlantic has for young women and showing them the potential careers that they could have in the airline industry. Uh, Mm, That's amazing. mm, I like that. I'll take it. I like that a lot. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> Will Disney sue me if I write a book based on the aesthetic of the opening sequence of the Haunted Mansion film? Uh, I mean, wax ooh. seals, poison wine, masquerade, dancing ghosts, forbidden love. Hashtag green ooh. project. Hashtag I may be a little dramatic. <laughs> I don't think Disney can sue you unless you're just like dropping bad. Like if you're like. Oh boy, these nine hundred ninety nine ghosts in this house. Like, br- 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 like unless right. you were throwing diecast Disney shit, but no one can stop you from being like, I also have a spooky room. <laughs> My room yes, is exactly. perfectly spooky. Exactly. What is it? What was that quote? That is the best artists are also the best foragers as well. They just they just adapt from what's already been made and make it their own. <laughs> Every story has already been written by Shakespeare. We're just writing exactly. new versions of it. Exactly. It's very very true. Hashtag new book, hashtag dream project, hashtag short stories. I have the great joy of announcing the publication of my new book, a collection of short stories, mm-hmm. two loves and other stories. Oh, that's awesome. Excuse me. Ooh. I'm into all of these. Yeah, Especially these empowering awesome. <laughs> young girls. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Hashtag dream project. The Shanab Bridge, world's highest rail link connecting Kashmir Valley with the rest of the country by rail route, is designed to withstand 40 kilograms of TNT blast and earthquake of a magnitude of 8 on the Richter scale. Is this a problem? Like, is this a, nope. a standard concern? Is TNT? Nope, this, is, this is a, this was an architect mm-hmm. or an engineer who was just fascinated with this bridge and she's like working on something like that would be a dream project damn okay i was like wait a minute wow this is like tnt might as well be like the same level of worry as quicksand where you're like what hold on but that is interesting about how strong and sturdy the bridge is 
I mm. I get it. And I think it makes me laugh because in my head, all I see is like this beautiful Wiley bridge Coyote. and then whip over to fucking Wiley Coyote. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to get him. <laughs> Last night, I dreamt that an authority figure appeared out of nowhere and instructed me to write a banner ad for a Furby. Hashtag dream project. Um, that's lots of fun. Also, dream psychology. <laughs> it's a wrap for today, guys. Day 9 out of 27 in the dark forest of Latvia. Hashtag <gasps> shooting. Hashtag World War II. Hashtag leading role. Hashtag dream project. <gasps> hashtag American. Hashtag soldier. Hashtag drama. Hashtag movie. Hashtag building. Hashtag rigor. Hashtag Hashtag Scandinavian actor. Whoa. Oh my gosh, that was enough. That's so much. Uh, That sounds great, though. That sounds really cool. I'd love to see some (laughs) of my characters in a game someday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! And then we're going to end on a heartwarming, inspirational note. Use these difficult times as inspiration. And if you have the opportunity, a chance to build something. It's time to start working on that dream project you keep postponing. There sure is a lot of downtime. You you can't fight that. We should all go off into the world and make our dreams a reality. How do I get somebody (laughs) to put on Cats the Musical right now and cast me in that shit? (laughs) (laughs) That is my dream. Musical, and uh, you could Facebook Live it from your living room and do it like old school, where you get to play all the cats again. Oh my god! The things that nobody wants to see, but I need to live. You know, I would say <laughs> I one of the it. best things I've seen since ending in quarantine was on the Mouse for Life face Mouse for Life Facebook group that's for Disney lovers. Mm-hmm. There's been mm-hmm. lots of people trying to get their Disney fix because they can't go to the park. And the best one was this, you know, millennial young couple. They recreated Disney's Paint the Night Electrical Light Parade in their living room. Oh, wow. So they, like, came out in different costumes for each of the floats, and they had, like, fairy lights wrapped around them and connecting them, and they would, like, they would, like, float by, and then, you know, they obviously had edited together. They would go change costumes, come around as a different float, and go by, and it was was incredible, and then they edited it to the music that plays during the electrical parade. They oh. even made the sign that says Paint mm. the Night that was all light up. It was oh, one of the cool. best things I've seen ever. That is so that's fucking cute. I love that. Oh, boy. I love that. Like, I would, I would literally I watch that, <laughs> you know, and enjoy it just as much as watching the real parade. Just because their mm. commitment to it was so heartwarming. So, cry. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you and your podcast? Howdy. My name is so fucking hard to spell. But you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I hate Twitter, so I don't go on there. Instagram again. Um, IMDb. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. But my name is spelled C-R-O-I-X, like the shitty bubbly water. P-R-O, V as in Victor, E-N as in Nancy, C-E, Croy, Provence. Um, but yeah, I'm most active on Instagram in that that's probably the only thing I actually communicate on. And all you're going to find right now is Final Fantasy VII videos and Duolingo shit. So, but find Love me. It. Let's do weird things. And then, you Love know. It. I'm already following you. 
Oh, wee! Thank you. What language are you learning on Duolingo? Right now, I'm um, I'm brushing up on French, but I'm weaseling back into a lot of stuff. So main focus French, Ooh. secondary, and like Italian. And I just found out Navajo's on there. Oh. I'm gonna add Ooh. you on Duolingo because I Do use it. Duolingo to brush up on my French, and I'm learning Romanian. Oh my God! Yeah. Let's parlez vous français. Smiley France it. Yeah, I, I had Darlingo a long time ago, so I got to get back on there because I want to learn Japanese because I'm an anime nerd as well. So I want to learn that they all these are like, they got Shiteru and all that stuff. And then Yokata is like, And where can audiences find your podcast, Freud? Oh, if you want to find Snatch 22, it's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, um, Apple, iTunes, whatever it's called, the podcast store, as Snatch 22 Podcast. All righty. And if so you want to hear me on the podcast, I'm on the episode called Butt Blasted by the Banshee. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, Amy, Amy has given me a challenge to, uh, to, to listen, listen to, to that. It and a video of herself listen listening to it because I want to watch it. Because I've got virgin ears. I've got virgin ears. Oh, gosh. I encourage the world. you got to listen to Amy's episode. But if you are a first time listener and are curious, I think our strongest, like at the end we do Improv Erotica, where we'll do voice acting as characters from famous shows and stuff. You've got to listen mm-hmm. to My Woolly Mammoth Boyfriend, because Squidward and Sandy Cheeks get it on, and it's a nightmare. Ah! Wow. <laughs> it is a nightmare. A nightmare. Fabulous. Oh, and then real quick, uh, before I forget... So, Croy, at the end of each episode, we ask our guests to give us a challenge to do regarding the topic of the episode or whatever we have talked about. It could either be the same to either of us or a different one to each person. So, Croy, what challenge would you like to give to us? I would like to say, for your challenge, I want you both um, now to declare what your current, like, disregarding of money or the cost or the outcome, anything like that. Declare what is your absolute most heartfelt dream project and then say what you're going to do in, within this week to start it. Even if it's writing one sentence, even it's just got to be the most small step you can possibly take. Because if you don't take that step, you don't want it. So you got to determine what is going to be your first itty bitty teeny tiny step for the project you care most about. Okay. I have a script that I wrote in uh, a UCLA screenwriting program that I love, and I would love to turn it into a movie. I've written a few drafts, and I'm in the middle of writing a redraft, so that way I can send it out to people to review, because a producer friend of mine have said once it's ready, he would start reaching out to managers to hopefully get the ball rolling. Yeah. So that is my dream, and that is something I will be working on this week. For is me, your teeny yeah. tiny step going to be like one sentence towards it? or Yeah. Yeah, awesome. exactly. By going back and writing the pages, because I've taken a break from it for a while now, but getting back on the horse and writing that actual script. Hell yeah. Yeah, so that's my teeny tiny step. Well, for me, I think I'm going to stick with the project that I was just sharing with you guys, with the show that I would like to eventually become the sh- showrunner for. And so mm-hmm. I think something important is that idea of pre-visualization. So I'm going to take some time this week to think about who in the acting landscape right now I see is all of the key characters so that way I can start building the visual aesthetic for the show Mm -hmm. in my mind although it will change by the time I can actually get into production I think it's good to start developing those ideas now that's awesome 
And you know, I heard That's there's good. this actor, Croy Provence. Maybe you've heard of her. I think she'd be just so <laughs> chef's kiss mwah, good in it. <laughs> <laughs> love me. Love it. Love <laughs> that sounds it. like a really good step. That well, you guys like can find stuff. us at Life Goals Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and yes. at gmail.com and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Exactly. And thank you again so much, Croy, for being a part of today's episode. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. I'm glad. And I'm looking forward to meeting you actually in person and actually talking about stars and astrological oh, signs because yeah. that will be a fun thing. But until then, I am Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And you have been listening to Hashtag Life Goals. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.